right, so I'm here with uh, Joel Festerling. We're talking about the subject of um, what's the consequences that, that happens when young people are not affirmed by a uh, male voice, like their father's voice, when they lack that and that void is in their life. So, Joel, I know your background, um, that you experienced that and you went through a life of um, experiencing a lot of challenges because of that. So can you kind of walk us through a little bit of that? My, my dad was always in the picture and he had a strong voice, but it was never a, a positive, affirming voice. It was, uh, I don't think he, he knew how to, how to convey love or, or, um, or just that positive affirmation. Like, hey, son, you did a good job. I don't think he understood. He didn't get it, so I don't think he understood how to give it. Um, so by lacking that in your life, what, what did it, how did it manifest itself? What I, it I craved it. I craved approval and affirmation for 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 uh for people to like me both both guys and girls i found it easier to get from girls so i i really jumped in there i i believe that um like a friend of mine always says that nature abhors a vacuum so when something's missing though it be a male voice of affirmation and and i found it easier to get from girls so that's what i filled my void with in the beginning um i think also um that, that in a way that was also my avenue of, of getting male affirmation from, from my guy friends and from those who I looked up to. Um, one of the biggest things, I think the biggest damages that happens to, to us when, like me and other people that go through it, um, is that we assign our peers that place and so it's, it's, at, it's the blind leading the blind. You have two youth deciding what's good and bad for their lives and and there's no wisdom in that from experience or from age and, and I think that uh, I made a lot of mistakes and went down a lot of a lot of knucklehead roads and you witness a lot of those from doing that you know you know what what we deem to be cool what we deem to be good was uh, was anything but good so I want to take you further even now into the present. Mm -hmm. How has that impacted? Now you're married and you have kids. So how has it impacted or how has it caused you to be more sensitive? Or how has it caused you to try to make sure that you provide for your kids what you never received? Well, it's something actually that it's funny that you asked that because lately, father-son issues coming up in songs and movies and books and, and just whatever, man. I've, I've been extremely sensitive to it lately I've just been noticing um, that I'm really sensitive to father-son issues and and I equated at first with with my with my own experiences of um, with my son with my oldest I have two sons now but one's not really old enough to to have those experiences yet to relate to uh, he's only nine months but with my oldest my eight-year-old Chris he's uh, he, he's he's a mirror He's a looking glass. I, I can look at him and I can see my, my strengths and I can see my weaknesses and it really shines a lot of lights on the deficiencies of, of the relationships with, with my dad and with just with any positive male figures. Um, I, I'm able to see the good and the bad from different relationships. Describe what, what, what were some affirming voices that you started getting at what point in your life that you started saying like, Wow, that really impacted me. And how did it impact you? And like, what were the circumstances surrounding it? 
the first person who ever did that what well, wasn't an adult. It was it was my older I call him my older brother, but he's my cousin, Miguel. You know him. He he always had that uh, I'm looking out for you kind of thing. But again, though he was a few years older and he was he was gifted with 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 wisdom and and, and beyond his his age. But he was still a youth, still learning, and still trying to figure things out with his own damages. And but he but he would be you know he would give me good good affirmation. But that was just the beginning. Um, we were both young. But um, I I think Kevin, I think you were one of the first people to really give that to me at, at, from a uh, from a mature standpoint when I got older. You were one of the you were one of the first people, and, and continue to be uh, that positive affirming uh, voice of wisdom reason and and at times that correcting you know it, it as men we we often long for strong love that our mothers couldn't give us because we you know having a strong mom or, or being closer with my mom than with my dad you know there was just certain there was certain voice she just couldn't fill as much as she would want to give me everything I can that, that they she just couldn't and um you know, even to be to be smacked down, so to speak, when I when being when being dumb and doing dumb stuff, or just being foolish, or trying to talk myself into something that wasn't a good idea. You know, I remember you coming through and just just telling it just like it is, being honest and being 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 firm. And that, uh, I mean, that just ties right in with the affirmation because to have a balanced relationship, you, you tell the good and the bad, so to speak. What do you tell to guys that? that don't have that male voice affirming them and giving them guidance where you know how, how do they start how do they find it what 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 do you advice do you give to them they don't have it they're wandering around what advice do you give it's almost my first reaction is man i don't know because <laughs> i mean what do you tell a guy hey find someone good to hang around where well, you know but sometimes it, it seems as though they don't have anyone good to hang around or they wouldn't be in that position but it, but indeed, there are good people out there, and there are there are good people that would that would pour into to people's lives. But um, we have to actively seek it. If it's not there already, I mean, you know what's good. You know what's good for you, sometimes. And and when you do know what's good, then then you need to get around that. I mean, there's such a lack today of of for us to know what's good for us. You know, if if you're if you're raised your whole life being told one thing's good for you, you're gonna believe that's what's good for you. I, I think really it, it, it does take God stepping in and, and doing something different because I can't I can't say I sought out the relationships I, you know I don't think any of us sought out the the good when we were when we were living that way you know when, when we were all jacked up and and young and foolish and you know you, you hang out with the people that are like you but um you know when you know you know when you're doing something dumb so. And you know the other people that encourage you to do dumb things. You really just got to start picking and choosing who your friends are, what people you allow to influence you. Because whatever you, we're like computers. Whatever, whatever you, whatever you upload, whatever you put in that computer is what you're going to get out of it. That's what's going to be in it. So, you know who you hang out with. You know people that want to do something dumb or people that want to do something good. That that's your input. So you got to start making making decisions on who. A lot of things are what not to put in, you know what I mean? It's like being healthy. It's like not only what you put in to be healthy, but what you don't put in, you know? You don't do drugs. You don't take in all these chemicals. So you, you just got to start being aware of your input on what you, what you allow in your mind.
and in who you are. So what about guys that find a male voice that they think is affirming them, but it's really someone that's setting them up for failure, like what you experienced in the gangs back in the days? Like, then how do, how do you, what do you say to guys of helping them recognize when they put their trust in the wrong people, they align the wrong people around them? I mean, because that's that's really the the only the only true source or true uh, what do you call it like true north like a compass of what's right and wrong. If we just go with popular opinion or what 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 we've been raised with or with what we're already surrounded with, we, we could go in any 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 one of many different bad directions. But what it what it really comes down to is what God has given us for our, for our for um for our moral compass on what what's good and what's bad what's wise and what's foolish so you know you gotta you gotta have a source a source of right and wrong a, a compass to tell you you know if you're going in, in circles or moving in the right direction and that's that's really when it, in the end what it comes down to that we only have one real one real source for 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 moral good and bad and, and in the end I mean I it's really God that brought everybody into my life, brought you into my life. And so when you're talking about, like, your son, um, what what is it that you see in him that may be different than you were when you were young because now you're much more sensitive of providing that positive male voice to him? You know, I, I feel like I've... It's hard to find the positive because he's still so young and, I, and I've messed up so many times with him that I, I, really, see, I really see a lot of the negative a lot of the places that I've messed up, I think those are always more more evident to us as as parents because we're we're self-critical and we want the best for our kids. Would be that that by me being there for them and, and, and listening to them and kind of wanting to hang out with them. You know, my dad used to do that too when we were young. But then at some point, he got I don't know what happened, but I just became I felt like I just became like a like a worker or a helper around the house where. I don't know, man. At one point, it just like I loved the heck out of my dad, and then at one point, it just died. I just got tired of being yelled at all the time, and now you know I I yell at my kids a lot, man. So I'm just like almost not living in fear, but I'm I, I often I often reflect on that and just hope that I don't do it too much till till I kill that love in them too, you know. So it sounds like that's. Probably the hugest thing that you're sensitive about now is, is that you don't want to repeat the errors yeah. of your dad's ways. Yeah. And how do you do that? Like, what controls you? Like, do you do you do you share that with your wife and say, hey, this is one of the things that I'm worried about. Help yeah. keep me accountable with this, or give me feedback, or how? What does that look like? You know, it's something that I'm very, very sensitive to. And I, you know, I've shed a lot of tears about it, but shedding a lot of tears doesn't doesn't rebuild your kids, you know. So what it really comes down to, I, I pray constantly that just that God would restore the damages I've done to my kids already. And that's part of why we're going to Tennessee because I get so I get so wrapped up in the hustle and bustle of life and everything's moving so fast and it, it's too fast for me. I, I'm not a, I don't, I don't move fast. You know, I consider everything and I take my time on things. So when things are moving too fast for me, it's like the world's out of control and then my children come up and all they want to do is talk and listen and, 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 and tell me a story. And, and, and I know they're just being nice and talking to me. But man, like like my, like my I'm developing a knot in my stomach and my adrenaline's starting to pump. And I'm getting all worried and freaked out. 
And all it is is a little kid trying to talk to you. And I'm almost getting a panic attack, you know? And I'm just like, sometimes it's just too much, man. So I'm very sensitive to it. And I really, you know, I, I want to spend time with my kids. And that, that's kind of part of the thing. I know I'm a better dad when I'm not in a hurry. And I can pour into my kids and teach them and sit down with them. And, and they just want to hear what I got to say, you know? I'm like their hero. So, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that... Um, that there's people around me to give me good counsel, because um, one of one of my one of my counselors, so to speak, the people that I go to, that, and and that that have already raised kids and 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 know know more than I do, just just encouraged me with how resilient kids are, and how how forgiving they are, and how um, <laughs> how they let you color outside the lines. You know, um, that was one of the the biggest things. The, the, the best analogies that I've seen was you get a coloring book and sit down and start coloring with your kids and go outside the lines on purpose. Make some mistakes and watch how forgiving they are to you. And man, I did that and my kids were so, they were, they were comforting me as though, as though I had really <laughs> messed up and was worried about it, you know. It's okay, Dad. It, that's great. That's okay to go outside the lines. That's all right. The rest looks good, Dad. You look great, you know. That's great. You're doing a good job. You know, don't worry about it. You know, and you know that's actually that that's good because that brings me full circle too. They get that from me. They really do. I encourage them constantly and build them up consistently, and to tell them that and teach them those things that they carry it with them. You know, and, and my son the same thing. You know, what makes a what makes a good man? You know, a good man isn't one who's just better than everybody else at sports or you know uh, faster and bigger and stronger. You know. It, you know, a good man is one who cares for other people. A good man is, you know, not someone who picks on someone else, but someone who stands up for the weak or for the defenseless, you know. Someone who's willing to put his neck out, you know, when, you know, to, to save somebody. And, and I've seen him. I've seen my son literally rescue one of his friends from, from kids that were twice their size, twice their age, and, and more, twice as many of them. There was like two or three kids with, with his best friend who, who's not as strong and quick as he is. Um, had his arms twisted behind his back and were poking him and just totally bullying him, bullying his best friend at the park. And he ran in and a couple, three, four kids that were twice his size rescued his friend and then they ran away, you know, sticking his neck out to, to save somebody. And um, That sounds like it's something his dad would do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what are things that now you reflect back and you see the gaps in your life that were caused that are still there? that are attributed to that, that other guys can start making sense of and say, oh, maybe that's why I'm like I am, and, and how do you deal with it to help them understand what kind of things are a result of think, not having that I, male voice affirm them. Yeah, I think one of the, I think you nailed it. One of them is just this, uh, this emptiness. It's like an emptiness. No matter what you do to gain approval, it, it's just empty. It, it's like, it's like, a, like a, big, a big hollowness in your soul. And no matter what you do or how you live your life, it, it's just still, there's just a void. There's a vacuum. There's just, there's somewhere that, that there's supposed to be something there, but there's nothing there. Just nothing. Like a vacuum, you know. A vacuum is the lack of, of, of atmosphere, a lack of, of anything, you know. It's, it's not like a big room full of junk. It's just, uh, like, there's just, it's a vacuum. Um, but, you, you know... It, I guess in in my life, you know, it, it manifests itself in, in, in the ways that I would act out. 
maybe uh, maybe trying to cop, you know if you find yourself you know trying to be like um, overly macho overly tough compensating to, to what people have told you you know or, or to what you've decided not even what people have told you he, you know there's a million different opinions out there on what on what on what manly is but um, what it comes down to is what you've what you have decided manly is and then you'll notice an imbalance of, of chasing this one thing or these couple things that that you think make you a man whether it be being being tough whether it be being muscular or, or just you know good with girls having sex but whatever whatever idea you decided to adopt you know it, it, what it really is is an attempt at being manly and, and we really don't know what it is. We don't know what being a man really is. You know. You know that's one thing. That's one thing my dad never, ever told me, what being a man was. I think he he assumed that that I would know what it was on my own, but you don't. What are things that you see now in your life that are gaps that you know are still a result of that that still, you know, affect you? Lack of confidence. Yeah. Lack of confidence. That's a big one. It's hard, you know, it's hard to sit here and just in the middle of a conversation just, just you know, just come up with them and, and realize what they are. You know? Because they're things that you're not aware of. And that's the truth, man. You, you just, you're not even aware. You don't even know that it's missing. But yeah, indeed, you know, a lack of confidence. I see other people being a lot more confident than I am in their situations. And then I see a lot of people that are, uh, they're faking it like they're confident. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're not really confident. They're just faking it for everybody else to see. You know, I, I suppose we I do the same thing. Because, um, you know, the world's kind of a vicious place. And so, you know, we find ourselves compensating in a lot of areas. So what do you do now to compensate for not having that male voice affirm you all your life? Learning, and, and I'm, I'm growing constantly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 33, and been married like seven or eight years you know bought and sold a home like done all these things that grown-ups do but I'm, I'm still I'm still developing you know inside still you know, still learning things and, and just by being honest with, with yourself you know you that's the only way you can identify a problem and once you identify it then things can change I, I don't know how I compensate I think I just try and get get through one day at a time find myself on my knees a lot praying find myself i feeling um you know, I used to think it was weak to cry, that it wasn't manly. But um, I think I think really being a man is just doing what's just, doing what's right, and and doing what's right for you. You know, we're all wired differently. Is one of the, the biggest things that has helped me out is, is understanding the three different types of men. The basically, the basically, generally speaking, obviously, general, we're speaking in generalities that there's three types of men. There's the kingly man, the one that's the leader, always got a plan. He's always got people following him. It's just just who he is and how he rolls. Then there's like the uh, the visionary type, who's always got a dream, always got a, a the dreamer, the plan, the this, the you know, the he's always got a plan, but they're not necessarily logical or <laughs> or or, or firm, firmly rooted in responsibility. But they're just you know they're kind of like artistic and. And run on their own thing, run on their beat, the run on their own beat of their own drum. And then like the uh, the steady dude, who's just really steady, he's happy with being where he's at. He doesn't feel he needs to prove himself to anybody. He's not running out with any crazy wild ideas. He just just 
just going through life and helping people out and being a, a good dude, you know. But um, having the, the three different types and realizing that we're, none of us are all three, which one, which one is, which one are you most like? And then there's always there's usually one dominating characteristic and maybe two recessive, so to speak, where you 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 have them, you have the different traits in you. But you know, just understanding what kind of person you are and being okay with that and being able to admit when you're wrong so that you can grow from it. You know, there, there's no the, the, life isn't a competition between. You know, I, I have to compare myself to, to you and you got to compare yourself to me and I got to be better than you at, at, at everything and, and you doing the same thing to me. Really, the, the only person that I'm in competition with is myself. You know, I, to be better today than I was yesterday and be better tomorrow than I was than I was today. You know, to continually be improving. And the only way to do that is to really be honest with yourself on where your, where your weaknesses are. Shore up your against, yourself against your weaknesses and, and, and build yourself up where you're strong. All right. Well, thank you for sharing with us. That's awesome. Awesome wisdom. Hope you enjoyed this podcast.